Hey everybody, welcome to the Ralph Graves Jr. Show. I'm your host, Ralph Graves Jr., and I'm so glad you're here. No matter where you are right now or what circumstances you face, lasting success is within your reach. On this podcast, we'll have real conversations with people who have had to overcome unthinkable obstacles to achieve success. Are you ready to live with unstoppable momentum and focus? Well, today's your day. Let's dive in. What's happening, everybody? It's Ralph Graves here. Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast with Ralph Graves Jr. So glad to have you guys here. Um, If you're joining us, you notice I changed the name of the podcast. It used to just be called the Ralph Graves Jr. Podcast, but so many wonderful, unstoppable people have agreed to be on the program. I said, why not? Let's make it the Unstoppable Podcast with Ralph Graves Jr. So I realize you could be listening to anyone. I realize you could be watching anyone else. But the fact that you took the time to listen to me, to watch me, um, I greatly appreciate it. And as usual, I'm bringing you some content that I really think that'll bless you. And on today's program, today's program, you know, I like to bring a a whole lot of different people in. Today's program, we have a professional MMA fighter by the name of Jamil Jones. Hey, man, what's happening, brother? Ralph, how's it going, brother? Man, I'm so glad to have you on, excited to have on my first professional mixed martial art fighter. First of all, I got to say this, to step into the ring with another person who's trying to hurt me, you guys are the bravest people on the planet. You men and women, (laughs) in my opinion, are the bravest people on the planet. Man, how's everything? You doing well? Man, I'm very blessed. And... And, and grateful. Yeah, yeah. Man, and I, I want to introduce you to my audience and some, I don't know how, if they watch MMA, they have to know who you are. You had a video and was it in October or or you had a last video, man, just went viral, man. I mean, you destroyed your opponent. Uh, so anybody who watches MMA, they know who you are. But uh, I want to introduce you to, to my audience, man. And, and we just want to talk about your journey. And, um, you know, a lot of times people see our finished product and they think that it just, just happened overnight and that's not the case. And your story is really going to bless somebody because it has already blessed me from the outside looking in, man. And you're, we're, we're from the same area of South Jersey, man. So you started this thing, you started what, wrestling in high school, correct? Yeah, I started wrestling before high school. I started wrestling, actually, my dad wrestled Division One at Dell State. Okay. And- my parents had me young, okay. um, so while I was little, I was actually watching my dad wrestle in college. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you've been around it your entire life. You've just been around it. Yeah, I've been around it, and then my dad waited till I was 10 to put me in wrestling, okay. and by the time I was in sixth grade, I took off, you know, took wow. off big time. Won my first national championship, sixth grade. Wow. And I Last one in my 20s. Wow, wow. Man, what a journey, man. And so you tell us about your college. You went to college, and because where'd you go to school at? So right out of high school, my grades were okay, but they weren't as good as they had to be for Division One. I had tons of recruits from Nebraska, Ohio State, uh, Old Dominion. I could have went where I went uh, athletically. Right. But... During the time I was in school, they were they were really pushing this thing called the scholar athlete. So yeah. if you didn't have a 3.0 and the perfect SAT score, you couldn't go Division One. It was called 
NCAA eligibility. Yeah, yeah. So even before my time when my dad wrestled, they didn't have that. And now because of the pandemic, it's a little bit more lenient. So <laughs> I went through the part to where physically I was division one, but academically I couldn't go division one. So I went to a junior college in St. Louis called Merrimack, basically the junior college in St. Louis. And I won my first national championship there. Wow. Wow. Okay. And we took second as a team and we were good. You okay. know, we have guys who are in the UFC who were on that team, Duran Wynn, uh, you know, we had a couple national champs and it was good. Wow. Wow. So where'd you go after Merrimack? So after Merrimack, I ended up having my first child during the off season. I came back home and I got a senior from Delaware State pregnant. Okay. So I stepped up, did the responsibilities I had to do. I started coaching. Um, I took a test and became a, um, a teacher and just a paraprofessional working okay. with guys with special needs and things of that so I can collect a daytime check. And then I coached. Okay. And then during those years, I wanted to go back to school, but Merrimack lost their wrestling program. Wow. Wrestling isn't a program that has a lot of funding and things. So the school dropped the wrestling program, which brought me to North Idaho. So wow. that's wow. how I ended up in North Idaho. <laughs> my second year of wrestling, um, a guy named Pat Wickham hit me up. I made the relationship with him while I was in high school. Okay. He kept a close relationship. And okay. um, when it was time for me to go back to school, um, Pat Wickham hit me up. He gave me the scholarship that I needed. Wow. He helped me out. And um, I came out here and I won my second national championship. Okay. You know? Okay. Okay. So, yeah. And I came out here not playing any games. Um, national champion, academic all-American, wow. you know, wow. and then I met my wife also, um, wow. Wow. and we're going 10 years strong. Wow, that's awesome. How does one make that transition from a collegiate athlete, scholar athlete, um, you know, All-America state champ? How, how does one make that transition into the MMA world? Well, it was an easy transition for me because yeah. I finished wrestling. You know, okay. I was a two-time national champ, three-time All-American. I mean, like, and, do, they, do they call you or you call them? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> uh, I knew I wanted to continue competing. You know, okay. I was okay. years old. I'm faster than ever. I'm checking the combine in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And literally, I'm top three in every category from speed to strength to, to the jump. I could do it all. You know, I was right. – and 225 pounds, freaking 30 times. Right. You know, I was still yeah. running a four or five, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm like, I am not done competing. So I looked at this MMA thing and I was watching guys like John Jones. I was watching guys like Frankie Edgar. Um, and I just went to a local gym and, um, and, and, and told them what I was aspiring to, aspiring to be at the time. Sure. And I just put the work in, and and here I am now. And man, we have seen you everywhere, man. We've seen you on TV. We've seen you on. You were on the Contender series, am I correct? You were on the Contender yes. series, um, Ultimate Fighter. You've been involved in that, man. And I know the journey's not over. I mean, because you're really making waves, and um, you're really doing some some great things, man. And you know, 
it's, I know, you know, I wanted you to kind of tell your background because I didn't want people to think that it was easy and, and whatnot. But during this journey, I have to ask you this. What was the greatest lesson that you ever learned? What's one of the greatest lessons? Now, we, we were always learning. But, but tell me about a, a lesson that you had to learn, one of the greatest lessons you had to learn. Just, just maturity, you know, just growing yeah. up, being able to handle the positions that are in front of you, that God puts in front of you. The, sure. It doesn't matter the scenario, but just being able to handle it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I realized uh, was a big part of my journey, you know, just maturing yeah. um, and not really caring. And also um, just buckling yourself down and handling your priorities, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's that's what I could say for that. You know, someone said that um, discipline, somebody smarter than me, they said discipline is the bridge between thoughts and accomplishments. And so when we talk about maturity, I think um, a lot of folks don't don't realize that, you know, m discipline comes and, and, and their discipline and maturity are hand in hand. You have to be a mature person to buckle down and say, hey, this is what I got to get done. This is what lies ahead of me. Nobody's giving you anything nobody's given any of us anything. And so that, that key point about maturity, man, that's, that's huge because, hey, man, I, I know some cats 40 and 50 years old that still haven't matured. And they wonder why things haven't, haven't, haven't worked out, man. That maturity piece is really, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's really important. So what, what, what are you learning right now about yourself, about the industry, about being a husband, about being a father? What are you learning right now? All right. So I may even go back just a little bit. You said that word discipline. That's a very strong word. Yeah. But that is something through my growth and maturity, I didn't really have to do. You okay. know, wrestling is a sport that demands a lot of discipline. Wow. You know, yeah. far as making weight, far as um, training, far as far as eating right. You know, it's a whole lot of discipline, you know, while your friends yeah. are partying, you know. So I had to discipline. Yeah. Wow. And that is very, very important. Um, um, but that was just something I had. That wasn't part yeah. of my maturity, my growth I had to have as a person. But I, um, I think that sport taught you that, man. And I'm a big sports guy. I, I believe that every young man, young woman should be involved in a sport because each sport, like you said, man, you learn some disciplines uh, in, in that in that coming up from the time you're 10 years old that are that will aid you for the rest of your life. Most people have a hard time turning down the plate. You say, hey, listen, I've been turning down the plate, walking away from sugary foods for a lifetime. And so, <laughs> you know, that 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 is that is awesome, man, that, you know, and I think parents need to realize that, you know, um, I still have a big proponent. Nothing teaches your child dis different disciplines like being involved in a, some sort of physical sport, man. Yeah, 100%. Your parents can say all they want verbal. They can show you, right. you know. Right. But then it just might need that sport for it to click. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the type of kid I was, you know. My yeah. mom had me at a young age. She had to get right herself, uh, get her academics right so she can provide for us. Right. So the sports is what taught me a lot of things I didn't learn at home at a young age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what are you learning now? What are you learning now, man? Man, um, you know, I'm 30 <laughs> years old now, so... You said 32? 
32 years old, not getting any younger. Um, I'm learning a lot about my body. I thought I knew my body, but um, I know my body now, you know, as far as the weights I need to be at, as far as the weight classes I need to be at, um, the conditioning I need to be in, the things I need to eat, you know. um, I'm learning my body. As far as a husband, you know, I've come a long way. It's just an understanding and it's a... Sure. What I'm learning from being a husband is uh, it's definitely a partnership, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't pick my wife really on looks, even though I'm so attracted to my wife. She's a beautiful lady, yeah. you know, but just her loyalty and, and her drive and yeah. the special woman she is, I knew she was right for me. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can't take those things for granted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's um this, this life is a journey, man. Now I know you've had some ups and downs, you've had some wins, you've had some losses. How mm-hmm. has how has some failure, how has some losses shaped your life? Losses shaped my life tremendously, you know. Mm-hmm. I come from a background in wrestling. I think I was maybe in high school, out of four years wrestling in high school, 127 and four. So only wow. lost four times in high school. I can't tell you about every win, but I can tell you about every loss. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. um, it was a feeling I didn't want. I went to college and I started my college career off maybe five and four. Okay. And then I ended a hundred and something and eight. Okay. Okay. You know, so yeah. uh, losing is not something I like. It's something that I, I found out about myself when people <laughs> want to pick you while you're down and while you lose. Yeah. I always rise above, you know, yeah. that's when the work has to be put in. Um, yeah. yeah. In MMA, my losses, uh, I was just competing. I was going through the process. I was fine with it, but the really loss that changed my aspect on MMA is when I broke my face, I broke my orbital and I broke my nose and, in three different places. Wow. And I woke up in a emergency room and I woke up, uh, no, I woke up in the ambulance getting, uh, carted to the emergency room <laughs> and I'm in so much pain. And, uh, after that fight, I took about a year and a half off Okay. and I said, I'm not playing anymore. You know, it's either kill or be killed. And that was the only yeah. time in my life I felt like I had to be, I, I, I got killed. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, since that happened, it changed my perspective. When you sign a contract against me and fighting, yeah. you know, with the Lord's grace, mm-hmm. I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what yes, does it sir. feel like, man, getting ready for a fight or, or you know, about to walk into the ring? Like, t- take me through what goes through your head. Uh, what goes through the head of, of Jamel Jones when he's walking in the ring and he's getting, I, I've heard Tyson, I've heard other fighters say things. Take me what goes on inside your head. So, you know, I've looked at it. Um, I've had 16 professional fights, you know, I'm six and 10. I mean, I'm 10 and six. I'm sorry. I'm 10 and six, 10 victories and six losses. Right. And I used to just think I was competing. Okay. You know, I go out there, I'd have a little bit of nerves, you know, I used to maybe throw up a little bit and, okay. Like it was crazy, it was super anxiety. But now I prepare myself so well that I just, I have tunnel vision to okay. perform. 
Okay. So tunnel vision to perform, tunnel vision to execute. Okay. Um, just my game plan. I'm so well prepared. I've, I've thought about it. I've trained. I've ran. You know, I just got to go out here and perform. So you're ready. So, you, you, you're ready for the moment. Yes. In the last three years, I'm ready for the moment. Other times I feel as though I didn't seize the moment. On the Ultimate Fighter, I didn't seize the moment. You know, I was just happy to be on the show and be getting my little check. You know, on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender, I was excited to be with Dana White, the owner of uh, the UFC, um, the head guy of the UFC. But like, I I didn't seize the moment, you know. And I've seized the moment all my life growing up from a sixth grade national title to an eighth grade national title to national titles in high school. So I had to kind of go back to that childhood Jamel and what had me so hungry and find that same hungriness as a man that's successful at 32. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So that's where I'm at right now with it. But, um, it's definitely a scary feeling. And when you get hurt, Mm-hmm. It's even a more scarier feeling. I bet. I bet. Talk to us about training, man. Like, like, what's what, what's you're training for a fight? Now, I'm not. You know, I'm not talking about just training. I'm, I'm talking about you're preparing. You're six months out from a fight. You're 18 weeks out, whatever the case may be. What does your training regimen look like? What, we talked about discipline earlier. What does that discipline training regimen look like? Just give me a day, sun up to sundown. What does that look like? I gotcha. So I'm a venture off and. Um, I'm going to talk about some things and then I'll get to that. Okay. Um, I used to put my training in a lot of other people's hands and ask people, what should I do? Or, yeah. or I had a strength coach. I had jujitsu. I had this, you know, I get so tired with this one person trying to work me out. I couldn't perform during my next workout with the next person trying to work me out because right. the last person wore me out. <laughs> You know, I got all these coaches giving me their best. Now I can't make it through the next practice, so I end up not showing up. <laughs> like right, I right. missed one. And um, <laughs> I got a lot smarter with my training. Um, I realized that an in-shape athlete is a dangerous athlete. Okay. I'm so big and so muscular that my muscles would get tired. So I had to learn how to condition my, my muscles not to get tired. And I'm so explosive yeah, people would call yeah. it, they would weather the storm with me. If they could just weather the storm, they could beat yeah. me. Right. So I ended up taking conditioning into my own hands. Okay. You know, bought the treadmill, bought the elliptical, bought the spinning bike, and I have that all in my house. Okay. So cardio became a normal thing of life for me. Okay. You know, just embracing getting your heart rate up, embracing the sprints, embracing the hikes. Right. And I have everything I need to do in my own house. Yeah. Yeah. So my cardio is never going to be an issue or never questioned again. And um, I always do cardio. So um, right around this time we're talking now, I like to work out, get my cardio in, get a little lift, get some shadow boxing in. Um, I go to my coach who's in Spokane, Washington. Rick Little, Sick Jitsu is our... uh, is our brand name for MMA, and okay. he's literally like a, uh, he's like a wizard. He knows a little bit about everything, okay. and then he knows how to take what you do and and make it good. So we have a good connection. Um, so basically, I work out five six days a week just at home. 
Is it an early morning? Is it you get up and run before the baby gets up, before your wife gets up? What do you do? Exactly. So yeah. if I can get up before the baby, yeah, I start off running. That's how I like to do it. But yeah. if not, he'll take his nap and then I'll get it in then. I've seen some video with you working out with the baby and the walker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that in and I yeah. just embrace it. To me, it's, sometimes it's not even like working out. That was my cool down and stuff too. So yeah. um, just embracing working out. I get that in, in the morning every day. You know, okay. rather if it's something, shadow boxing or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to go out to Spokane about two days a week and get with my coach and really buckle down on things that I need help on, rather if it's my hands, you know, rather if it's jujitsu or rather if I want to do something fun and just wrestle and stuff. Okay. Um, I'm well connected to the wrestling community out here. And if I need to go to the college where I, I went to, I can go there. But okay. also I have my own group of guys to where I do, I do workouts that are purely based around me, okay. you know, sure. I, I'm, I'm not in there in a practice. Everything I do is structured around me and to make, make me better, you know? Yeah. Sure. Um, so I'm kind of selfish and stingy when it comes to working out because I'm so far in my career. I don't have, I don't have time for anybody else. Yeah. So with my normal workout schedule, about five days a week, I do cardio from home. Two days a week, I might make it to Spokane. And when I'm in training in town, I'll go to a local gym out here called Trevor Prangley's AK, where I started at. Okay. You know, and that's only okay. when I have a fight booked. Okay. Okay. You know, so yeah. I might work out seven, eight times a week yeah. when I don't have a fight coming up. And when I have a fight coming up, I might work out 13 times a week. Okay. Okay. Wow. You know? Wow. Now, now, have you fought, you, you fought since this COVID stuff hit, right? Yes. How weird is it to fight in an arena when nobody's in there? Yeah, man. It's definitely, definitely, definitely different. Yeah. Um, I would imagine like the energy is not in the room. The, you know. Yeah. So I fought last year. I took a fight on 30 day notice for a decent chunk of change. I mean, okay. I took a fight on, on 30 hour notice. Literally, they called me 30, guy hours. Left, 30 hours. And then I flew from Washington all the way to uh, Rhode Island, which is a cross country. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up losing. I took it just for the money. I thought I could win. I wasn't ready. And I lost. If I didn't okay. take that fight since 2017, I'd be undefeated. I'd be four and four or three and three. Wow. But I took that fight. I was able to do what I had to do with that money and for my family and stuff. So I made this connection in Rhode Island um, with a guy named Lewis and he works for a company called CES. It's the number one organization out of the Connecticut area. Okay. So I meet Lewis and during the pandemic, they need somebody to fight a heavyweight. Okay. okay. So they called me up and I'm like, yeah, I've been looking for a fight. I got all this gym equipment at my house. I got people coming over to train at my house with me and yeah. me training people. So I was ready. My yeah. weight was good. Like, uh, you know, I've been working. Right. So they asked me to fight this guy that two people backed down from. Okay. I ended up looking this guy up. He's a black belt in jujitsu, an ex NFL player. Freaking his dad was in the NFL and he's six five. Okay. 
But then when I dive deeper into it, I look at this guy and I realize he can't beat me. Okay. And I realize this is a good opportunity during a, a pandemic that we're in. Like I could beat this guy. He has a decent name. And even though it's on 12 days, I don't care if it was on five days. I fought on 30 hours before. Right. Right. So 12 days, you know, yeah, I can get this guy. It's the pandemic. I might not fight again until next year. Right. Right. <laughs> So I like the platform they were fighting for. They were fighting for a streaming service called UFC Fight Pass. Okay, I, I know that service, yeah. Which is the number one streaming service for mixed martial arts. Yeah. So I wasn't really fund about the organization. They kind of set me up taking a fight on 30-day notice, but I was ready this time. And um, I say, let's go. We make a, a financial agreement. They send me the contract. I tell them okay. I'll fly myself out there. And it was crazy from the jump. You know, when you fight, you got to have a lot of blood work done. You got to have yeah. your heart tested. You got to have drug tests. You got to be completely healthy to fight, you know? Right. Sure. So just during the pandemic, getting all that stuff done by the doctors that are working, ha- um, that are working half time yeah. and that are the low role in it just being able to get my medicals done during the pandemic was tough <laughs> you know i spent yeah. a lot of money and then they wanted covid tests you know two a week and i'm like what the heck man so this, this is before a, a punch is even thrown I, i'm fighting all of this before i even get in the ring yeah before i even got in the ring i was down uh about 1600 bucks wow wow yeah so uh um, but then again, Ralph, I was ready. Okay, very good. <laughs> I didn't care financially what I had to spend. Yeah. I got to call 12 days. Yeah. In those 12 days, I think I did, in 12 days, I think I did 18 workouts. Okay. <clears throat> and, you know, a bunch of sprints. I went into Trevor Prangley's AKA, which is my local gym because my coach was in Dubai at another fight. Okay. And I got my butt whipped. And they're like, Jamel, you should not take this fight. I go, listen, you guys put it on me, but I'm ready. Trust me. I've been doing a lot of different things. I came here to get my butt whipped. Right. And they did. And you guys are molding me for next week. And I told them, just tune in. Just tune in. Yeah. yeah. Now, I got it. <laughs> no, who's going out there coaching you? Oh, I got some relatives coming out from, from Delaware, from my dad's side. And yeah, people yeah. are wrestling. Yeah, I'll be yeah. fine. Right. So um, I get all my medicals done, and now it's time to fly. Okay. Soon as you go to the airports, the airports are a ghost town. Wow. Things are shut down. Restaurants are shut down. They're not making any money. And then everywhere you go, you got to have your mask. Right. Sure. Um, Even on the airplane, you got to have your mask. When I'm flying from coast to coast, Washington State, and this time I flew into Boston. You got to have your mask that whole time. <laughs> I saw the jet lag. Yeah. But I was fighting at heavyweight and I wasn't cutting weight. So right. I, and you were I, ready. You were ready. I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> Focus. Right. You know, and um, so fighting during the pandemic was rough. And then as soon as I got there, mm-hmm. you know, I had to provide my COVID tests and, and everything. They made us quarantine so we can't catch COVID. and it was right. just different even the preparation and stuff um 
So what happens if you finally get in the ring? You got to tell us the story. I know everybody's holding on. We know you're ready. You go through all of that. You fly from Spokane to Boston, yep. quarantine. Now we're walking to the ring, man. What a- <laughs> well, <laughs> even ring. before the ring, at weigh-ins, I got to meet the guy I'm fighting. Okay. And a lot of people had things to say about him because he has an ego, you know, yeah. but he's 6'5", played in the NFL, um, you know, a, he was on Ultimate Fighter, and are we allowed a, to say his name? Um, yeah, yeah, Tyler King. Okay, all right. You know, I think he's a good guy. Um, yeah. but I stood up. I'm only six foot, and when right. I first met, he stood up to greet me. Uh-huh. He towered over me, right. and then he shook my hand, and his hand literally wrapped around mine. And I'm like, <laughs> holy crap, man, this dude's big. Right. I'm like, what the heck did I sign up for? But, but you're I'm, ready. I'm ready. And I got God on my side. Right, right. I looked at his feet. You know, he wasn't as as athletic as me. So I don't right. care how big you are. You got to, it's, I got a lot of space to run. Right, right. <laughs> so when the fight started, um, I got my, I got a assistant wrestling coach from my senior year at Dover High School in Delaware when I was with my father. I got an assistant wrestling coach with me named Andy Martin, and I got a, a, a family friend father figure from Delaware that comes to all my fights, Todd Berger, a mentor right. who's a great guy in my corner. Right. So I don't have no MMA people in my corner. I only have moral support. <laughs> right. The, the plane tickets were too expensive. My coach's dad just died, yeah. and uh, he couldn't come out. So, like, I'm working with what I got, but I'm ready. Right. So we prepare, and I get in that ring, and he's big, and I just see his first moves, and I know he's not going to be able to hit me. My head movement, yeah. my control, my my distance control was just a notch above his. You know, he, he does jujitsu. I do wrestling. Yeah. I knew he wanted to go to the ground and try to submit me. And before the fight, I talked to my father, Stephen Jones, um, and my dad's like, take him down and ground and pound him. And I go, Dad, I think I can knock this guy out. My dad goes, you've been wrestling all your life, son. Stick to what you know. Stick to what you know. I go, Dad, but I've been a professional fighter for seven years, and I got hands. Like, I haven't shown them, but since I broke my face, I'm serious about this. Right. So just kind of that dad relationship, I go, I'm not going to shoot one takedown. I'm not going <laughs> to one throw. I'm going to go against my dad and prove to him. Like all sons do. All sons do. We'll yeah. I'm going to prove. I've been working. <laughs> right. I, yeah, you might coach me in little league, right. but I'm a professional now. So, yeah. like, you know, your your time has expired as coaching. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I get in a fight and he makes his first mistake and I drop him with a left and I swarm him. And as soon as I get on him, he stands up real quick. And as soon as yeah. I dropped him with that left, I knew the next time I was going to bury him. Yeah. yeah. And I set him up and literally I put the man to sleep, you know, with the grace of God, he wasn't tremendously injured because I hit him pretty hard. And we ended up on ESPN Sports Center number four with a viral knockout during a pandemic. I'm going to YouTube that today. Listeners, go to YouTube, type in uh, Jamel Jones and Tyler King. I want to see this. 
<laughs> I know it's remarkable, but I, what I'm taking from this story is that no matter what we've, we're facing, we have to be ready. You said it three or four times, but I was ready. I don't care how big he was, I was ready. I don't care I had to fly across country, I was ready. I don't care that the fact I got beat up in practice, I was ready. I was 100. ready. You know, and, and, if, and if we face whatever it is we need to face from that ready position, we can go and focus. We can give it the best that we're going to give it. And we can come out victorious, man, just like you did. Man, I love that story, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Will you come back to the show, man? I need to, I need to talk to you after, after some fun. You know, we, we can sit around and you could tell us those stories, man, all day long, man. Will you come back? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I will be here. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of the program. Thank you for now. Where can people find you? How can they support you? I don't want to wrap up without folks knowing if you're on social media. Is there an Instagram they can follow? Can they just follow your career? Uh, who have you signed with? How, how can they follow your career, Jamal? So I got a four fight contract after that win during a pandemic with okay. my original promotion that gave me my first chance as a pro CFFC Cage okay. Fury Fighting Championships. They're based out of Atlantic City, South New Jersey. They're throwing shows all over the uh, United States right now, and I really like those guys, Rob Haydack and Arius. Uh, they've always had my best interest. You know, I just had to put a performance together to get back on sure. track with those guys. So sure. I'll be competing with CFFC next year okay. with the intent on getting to the UFC. Okay. Also, I do have an Instagram. I don't post that much stuff. I don't get into the politics. I don't get into right. this and, but I do post when I'll be competing and in my training and things in that nature. Oh, we'd love to see that. What, what's your Instagram link? You can just look up Jamel Jones and okay. um, you'll find me. Okay, very good, man. And listen, praying for you, the wife, the new baby, the family, man. Um, I, and I, I'm just, just praying for you guys, man, and just wishing the best for you in this career, man. And, and you are now a Ralph Graves Jr. Unstoppable Podcast alumni. You you have a free pass to come here anytime. Use this platform to promote whatever you're doing. I, I just really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. I'm getting a lot of support. And, um, you know, it's been a long journey, but um, as your show is called Unstoppable, I really feel as though that's my mode right now. That's my mojo. At 32 years old, I am unstoppable. And um, I got the wisdom to, to go over peaks and beyond. Yeah, yeah. And we're pulling for you every step of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the Unstoppable Podcast with Ralph Graves Jr. My guest today has been Jamel Jones. And uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. And, and we'll keep bringing you some content. And, and um, like, like he said today, be ready. Be ready for whatever it is you have to face. Guys, thanks for tuning in. And I'll catch you again next time. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.